This show is brought to you by the generous donations of our show sponsors, Matt Lewis, Laura Pickren, Irene Viarito, Daryl Delaney, Nico Batson, Darren Katzka, Ryan Royce, John Carey, Jessica Smith, the Cam family, Charles Compton, and David Scrams, as well as all of our generous patrons. Hello and welcome to Eberron Renewed, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I am your Dungeon Master, Eric. And I'm Philip. I'm Jeff. Gentlemen, <laughs> what happened last time? P.S. Randy's still not here. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see if I can remember. We literally just stopped recording it. Uh, there was a conversation between uh, Barrick and his sword, uh, where we learned that while the sword, while Erebus has not necessarily gained any of Lucan's knowledge, he does feel himself becoming more complete. And we learned that no one's really sure what's going to happen when all 13 packs are reunited, including the creator of the packs. We learned that, oh, no, uh, 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 Dex and uh, Graham had a conversation uh, wherein Dex was able to continue, continue admitting that he's just a dumb idiot uh, and that Jacob's not doing great back in Miss March, which is a bummer. And then um, Gerald had a lot of questions for Dex about the future, which like Dex is not concerned with right now. Uh, the immediate future. Dex is more concerned about making sure there is a future right now than planning for it. And Oriana reconciled with Beric, and we started walking into flame. The lion's den. Nope, just flame keep. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, Graham obviously knows the way to yep. the Cathedral of the Silver Flame, <clears throat> um, which all of the architecture kind of points to it. It's the highest, most central point in Flame Keep. Um, the spire rises even taller than the airship dock, which seems kind of silly but Beric based on everything you know about the Council of Cardinals it makes total sense <laughs> um, so um, you all um, eventually um, reach a point within Flamekeep where um, basically it's it's built kind of on a, a hill for lack of a better way to put it um, where there are different tiers of the city the cathedral being on the highest tier um, you all reach a gate leading into the kind of religious district of the city which is the highest tier and there are a couple of closest to God and all that um, there are a couple of gilded and all that <laughs> um there are a couple of paladins standing guard at the gate that you approach. 
the font of the silver flame is literally subterranean. No. <laughs> um, and they they see you. Oh, all, we got a long walk down then. Um, they see you all approaching and just kind of hold their hands up and. Uh, what business do you do you have in the cathedral? But Eric is going to let speak uh, Keeper Tagore do the talking here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dex says, "I'll handle this one." No, he shuts up. Uh, Graham looks up at them and says, "I am former Keeper Tagore here to see Keeper Jayala for counsel." They both kind of glance at each other and look down at Graham and. You have any uh, papers to verify that claim, madam? And she kind of looks up at them, but yet still somehow down her nose and gives a derised tut and reaches into her bag and fiddles through and finds that chest and um, kind of looks around and says, come here. Barrick comes here. Put out your hand, palm up. Barrick does. She sets the chest on your hand and opens it. How heavy is it? It's Barrick falls to the ground. <laughs> it's, it's like literally <laughs> measured in inches. Okay. Um, Barrick hasn't been eating well lately. <laughs> um, she rifles through and pulls out identification papers and hands them to the paladin. Um, and he looks at it and for a moment his <laughs> eyes just get wide and then they both uh he drops to a knee and the other one kind of looks and then drops to feels like a real dingbat <laughs> it's a very uh pretty woman moment um <laughs> and then you goes, laugh but you Graham both know exactly her, what i'm talking about Graham goes to put her paper back in the chest and barrack slams it shut for a second <laughs> <laughs> does not <laughs> i'm just having a little fun with the speaker keeper <laughs> um anyway um it's 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 late everybody it's gonna be a real wacky episode. we gotta stop using that as an excuse <laughs> and just play this stinking game um so um they apologize and say if we we can escort you to the cathedral if you wish uh keep it to go oh that would be fine my companions are more than capable of escorting me where i need to go thank you she snatches her identification papers back out of his hand and shuffles past them. As we go past Bora and goes, hello. <laughs> they definitely both go a, a look up and down from decks as we walk past them. Um, you probably should have just listened to her. <laughs> they, they have, they, they are still in shock. Yeah. They uh, know I'm right. <laughs> Eric um, condescends to no one. <laughs> um, at this time, Barrett condescends. Okay, to I was of. like, "Excuse me." Um, you all see. Uh, at, once they're past the guards, as you all are approaching the cathedral, Bornell uh walks up next to Graham and starts walking in stride with her. Um, but it see Bornell's talking in a tone that is a hushed whisper, <coughs> but seems to be talking with Graham. You all can try to listen in if you want, or if you don't care, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I bet he's just talking old. I will attempt to hear. Because Eric looks disappointed when I say No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I mean, here's the thing. 15. I, I don't have to attempt it. 
because I rolled a three and that's a 17. I mean, you both are able to catch enough words to um, catch Boronel saying, for the most part, like, we haven't had much of a chance to talk yet. And I just, uh, we seem to be on the same side of things right now. And I just, I, sorry about all that business uh, back then. Um, just, they're, they're, he's talking in very, very much like she knows what he's talking about and he doesn't feel the need to specify and she's responding in kind kind of thing. Yeah, but he just said, sorry about the war. <laughs> no, it's got to be something more personal. Brelin and Thrain were allies at the end. Oh, were they? Okay. Um, okay, so. That's what I get for making assumptions. I don't know anything about this world. <laughs> um, Sarlona, though, got that on lockdown, right? Uh, evidently not not like i thought i did because i have certainly been corrected <laughs> um okay so um you all uh, approach the doors of the cathedral um which are uh are closed um and do i have to pick a lock you can try it. No, I'm absolutely not. Please don't do that. I'm absolutely not going to try to pick a lock. One, I'll fail. Two, it's not a good idea. Um, um, Keeper Degore. Um, it says the same thing she said to the gate guards, but they are more believing and say, "Oh, well, um, you can head on in." Um, the the keeper is currently indisposed, though. You may need to, to wait. Um, and Graham does not ask. She says, oh, that, that won't be any trouble. You may you may let me in now. Um, and the doors open, and you all are able to walk in. Um, I Every step further we get, Dex kind of checks out Barrick. Like, is he, is he, is he, is he freaking out yet? Is he smiling yet? Is he no. interested yet? Is there anything about him that is? I mean, this is a thing that he's he's focused. Okay. So, um, as you all enter, you hear a booming voice uh, speaking, um, very heatedly, um, and you see a couple a. Uh, uh, a person in red robes who's the one talking very commandedly to three other people in white robes who seem very meek in comparison. Um, as you all enter, though, he stops and looks down the aisle in between the pews to the front of the cathedral um, and immediately stops, looks, his head kind of turns and... Lavira. What are you doing back in Flamekeep? Oh, just here to make your life worse, I suppose, like old times. <laughs> um, how are you, Crozen? Well, who who are these people with you? Oh, these, um, this is Beric Rowan, and what do you have a surname for the purposes of introductions? Uh, we can go with Lyle Noceris. Lyle Noceris. Now wave. Booyah. No. Griggle. <laughs> Booyah Griggle. Um, and 
Jeremiah Smith. They are my entourage here. Um, I'm here to see Keeper Jayala. I'm going to have to remember his name is Jeremiah Smith now. <laughs> you should have made it like Richard Biggerstaff or something <laughs> dumb. I'd have remembered that. This is John Hammer Cloak. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Um, this, is, this is Dingbat St. Bernard. <laughs> um, and Crozen looks at you all. She is... She's busy. She can't be bothered with such meetings with general rabble and washed up clergy. Um, everyone give me perception checks. <clears throat> 20. Passive? Sure. 16. Oh, then 21. <laughs> Um, you hear uh, a faint lilting echoing like it's almost like a soft voice speaking but the like it's too far away for you to hear as Crozen stops and kind of looks over his shoulder and very well you may go see her apparently and he kind of gestures to the other robed men and they begin marching out a side door. And he does not seem very happy. Um, as you all make the long, arduous journey of keeping up with Graham's pace down this cathedral aisle. Um, I'm terribly sorry about that. That was High Cardinal Crozen. He's a, just a tempestuous man. The reason I warned you about the Cardinals is they all follow his lead and he is just not a very pleasant person to be around. And I, lean, speaking. I lean in and I very quietly go, thanks for the warning. That guy sucks. He does suck. <laughs> Are you okay, Beric? I'm fine. <clears throat> so this is the Cathedral of the Silver Flame. I Have you ever attended service here? I have not. It's... It's general. It depends, obviously, on who is conducting the the service uh, as to what uh, what kind of experience you're going to get. But um, traditional services at eight, and contempor- <laughs> contemporary services at nine thirty. Got a potluck starts at noon. It's just once they introduce percussion, it just ruins the whole uh, uh, ceremony. There's just something about holding a hymnal. I don't care for these projector screens. Um, <laughs> somebody worked in a church in the early two thousands. <laughs> So, oh man, um, you all <laughs> reach the pulpit, um, and you see, um, behind where, um, Crozen was standing, there is an opening that, uh, has a, there's no door. Um, it seems to be almost a natural opening, like the way the, it's like a crack in the wall. Uh, but there are stairs leading down and torches lighting the way. And Graham goes, um, I keep forgetting that you're following an NPC, so I don't have to ask what you do. Yeah. Um, I shove Graham aside and say, I'll, <laughs> I'll take this. Um, so uh, I gently nudge Graham aside. <laughs> down one flight of stairs, kind of spirals down. Um, you all find yourself in a large chamber. Um, and at the far end of the room, 
there is a very cool looking chair that's kind of, the back is shaped like a flame and there's also the image of a flame on it, um, all silvery and stuff. Um, And you see, um, you see a 11 year old girl uh, with dark skin and gray eyes, black hair with white streaks going through it. Um, that is cropped rather short, sitting on her chair with one leg kind of propped up and the other one swinging free, reading a book. Um, and there is a terrifying creature sitting at the foot of her chair that has four horns coming out at the side of its head, six legs, and a whole lot of teeth. And no it wonder seems- he's mad. He's got all those extra parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems to be very passively sitting, and it kind of looks up and regards you as you walk in and it hops up on its feet and begins sprinting across the room <clears throat> at you. I said, Barrick, it likes us. I think Barrick knows of this creature and probably knows there's really not anything he could do about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he just braces himself and hopes. I <clears throat> look at... Everybody be cool. Well, I look at Graham and I say, you said this thing wasn't going to attack without reason. And when you get to without, I um, I didn't know how far away it was. um, It, it could probably give you a run for your money in a foot race. Um, You know, I may have to test that theory because it's running right for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You hear a thud as soon as you get to without um, and then look down and the thing is on its back, belly up in front of Graham. And she very laboredly bends down and begins rubbing his belly. Um, like, oh, hello, old friend. Um, <laughs> Dex goes, can I, can I pet your dog? <laughs> um, and, well, hold up your hand so he can sniff it first. Don't just reach out and start petting. I, 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 I do that. You're, you're, you're joking. <laughs> it hops up on all six feet and kind of... <sighs> oh, and I draw my hand away. <laughs> he doesn't doesn't care for deception. He can sense drop the Whoa. And I say, like, he won't let me pet him or he might attack me. I would I didn't think about it before. All right. He's designed to prevent assassinations. And so I look like Voldemort. <laughs> um, they do. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah. Um as soon as you drop your form, he relaxes. And just goes back to sniffing your leg. Okay. Um, I don't want to pet him anymore. He made me. He made me. He made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you hear a soft voice say, "Oh, come back." And he turns and she looks at all of you and says, "It took you quite long enough to get here." And she closes her book and shoves it next to the arm and you can I don't want to talk loudly you can come closer and Graham shuffles and says hello Jayala hi Graham who are your friends well you can introduce them I I know of them I just don't know your names Uh, my name is Dex. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. 
<clears throat> I'm Barak Rowan. Your Excellency. Nice to meet you, Barak. Booyah. <laughs> we are going to go. He's not a Pokemon. <laughs> booyah, booyah, booyah. Um, and then the hood drops and my lady. Oh, I didn't know that you'd be here. Hi, King. Um, so, Graham, what do you what do you need? I knew that you'd be coming here needing something. Well, Beric, why don't you explain to Kibajayala what brings us here? <clears throat> A companion of ours was killed in a fight. I'm sorry. Four days ago. Uh, Keeper Tagore not generously attempted to bring her back. And the spell failed. Keeper Tagore seemed to believe that was a sign of significant trouble. I've heard similar reports from from people within Flamekeep that that's what Crozen was screaming about up there, that for some reason people, some people aren't being brought back. Some are, but some aren't. And it seems like it's it's certain people really like like there was a farmer that got killed by bandits, and they the town that he lived in saved up all their money and pooled it together to afford him being brought back, and he did, and it was really good. But one of the paladins of the Silver Flame died. And he wouldn't come back. And so there's confusion as to why. And Crozen was mad at me for not having an answer for him. Um, but he was being kind of jerk um, about all of it. And I, I wouldn't do it actually, but I was so badly there. Derek, Derek's go, yeah, that guy sucks. Again, <laughs> he would never interrupt the Hebrew. Um, I, I could, I could go ask and try to figure it out. Go, go ask. I can go speak to the flame. That's how I knew that you were coming, but it was, it's complicated. Like the flame gives me warnings about what's going to happen. And then usually I tell the Cardinals and we act on it. Um, and so it told me that you all were going to be here, but not for this. 
So this is confusing. A lot of things have been confusing lately. There is another matter. Um. <clears throat> you want to take the flame. I kind of lean over to Graham and I say, I mean, is that essentially what we're doing? Yeah. What, what, what did the flame tell you? It told me that there would be torchbearers that would come and they would want to carry the flame, at least part of it away for a great fight. And one of them was a soldier's son. One of them was a deceiver. And one of them was small, like me. It's all I knew. I didn't know that Graham would be here. I didn't know that the king would be here. Dex thinks I'm not that small. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you have what you would need to carry the flame? We we have we have three because we have Booyah had one. We and we got two, and we got two because it's the last one we got from the vault, and we'd already had the one. So we do. So yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, you're. Your, uh, your excellency, we do, um, and I I pull mine out. I'm not going to pretend I have all three of them. We probably each have one, but I say we, uh, well, uh, <gasps> this is, oh, okay. It's like the one that you have, and she points at Graham, but bigger. Right, and, and, and a different color, right? No, Graham's was red. Graham's was red. Okay. This was actually uh, Yoma says Graham is uh, speaker to Gore's keeper. Keeper to Gore. He said it right. F off. This is your fault. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stand on record that I think you called it the flame keep the first time too. Said. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can say it. It's true. It's not like there's recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> different first time. Shut up. Uh, Keeper Tagore. Uh, this is actually her um, hypothesis that this might be helpful. And you, and uh, I don't mean to sound uh, <clears throat> insolent when I say, and the flame is right, but I want to to corroborate that it is a great fight that could have great implications for our entire world. I I know and I understand. Um The flame was worried though when it spoke to me. Because you all are torchbearers that want to carry away the light. And that could weaken the light. But No, it's okay. 
could weaken like well it's it's finite there there is the silver flame and as souls join with it it grows stronger but what what you all need to do would take quite a bit because it needs to be powerful for what you need it for. And so either the flame would need to be returned or a lot of souls would need to join with the flame to make up the difference. But as long as you bring the flame back, well, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we certainly intend to do our level best to bring them back uh, personally. And uh, that is not an option to send them back with someone else. I have no, I have no desire to keep the flame for myself. Uh, it is something that we need. <clears throat> A side question. What? precisely do we think we need them for a side answer at this point do we know did we know we did at one point know that that the red stone imbued with the flame was going to help us conquer the 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 problems in Mabar but how I don't know that part. We just know it kept Jacob safe and Graham said it was going to work. I don't know. It's make-believe. Say a reason and we'll say that was it. <coughs> well, the fact that they, the Giants used them to banish to Dalcor. No, they were already in Dalcor. They just made it so Dalcor can't be oh, okay. coterminous with Eberron anymore. <clears throat> they killed all the ones that were here. That's right. Yeah. Well, most of them. Okay. I mean, we're here now. <laughs> Might as well. Hate to make another trip if you turn out to need it later. <laughs> Plus, new weapon things, which matter to me. I don't get them every 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, what were we talking about? Bringing them back. Right. Um Jayala kind of hops up out of her seat and lands on the ground and while you all talk, can I Graham and she waves Graham over and they begin talking. Keeper to keeper. Uh, um, do we? I want to tell her that the person we're asking to be brought back died in the service of the great fight that the flame says is going to happen. Is there, you think that it, you know, grease the wheels with the flame? 
Hey, I'm just being Dex, man. <clears throat> no, I don't think it's a good idea to lie to the, lie to the keeper. Oh, you don't? Okay. I guess we'll have different thoughts on that then. Because if we're trying to banish the dream thieves, we need the pacts. We needed the pacts. We got five of them. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. Anyway, Borno, this is cool, right? It has never been down here before. Uh, been in the upstairs part. Yeah. Well, we were up and then we came. No, I know. Yeah. No, I didn't say up. I said uh. Oh, I thought you said up. Sorry. No, that's all right. I've misheard some things. I got really excited earlier when she called me a torch bear. Uh, How was... are you, Barrick? I'm fine. He's not. Eric and I both ter- looked at each other and shook our heads. I realized <laughs> in an audio medium, that doesn't track. So. Um, Jayala's voice rings out again. Says, "Okay, well, um, we can go down if you want." Like down to the flame, mm-hmm. all of us together. Well, if you're gonna bear the torches, then you'll need to be in the presence of the flame. Um, you'll need to keep a a safe distance until. The word comes, um, but, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it and, um, I'll, I'll try to convey what it's saying and, um, let me actually, I guess I need to ask you, um, what, what order of operations do you want to do this in? Do you want me to speak to the flame about the death first and then we deal with the torch bearing uh, probably I mean side question <clears throat> is the silver flamey gin-esque in that he might get tired of being asked for things it might get tired of being asked for things I feel like we need to petition for Paolo's life first. I mean, the method of communication is the soul of a paladin that died centuries ago. <coughs> Say that again? The method of communication from the flame. Mm-hmm. The voice of the flame is this Tira Myron person that Beric refers to every now and again. Right. That's... that's paladin who sacrificed herself and bound herself with the flame. <clears throat> okay. And that's why the flame can talk. Right. So your question is complicated. <laughs> <clears throat> I understand. Unintentionally so. Sorry. Well, I don't know any of these things. So Dex is going to leave that decision to Graham and Barrick if they want to talk about it. 
But if Eric doesn't want to talk about anything, Dex will ask Graham. Uh, Keeper Gore? Yes? You know more about this. You spent more time in the presence of the flames than anybody in this room. I assume, my apologies, uh, Keeper, uh, if, if I'm wrong. But uh, how do you think we should do this? I'm afraid I'm being very quiet now. Well, I think that um, figuring out what, based on Keeper Jayala's words, it seems that uh, the problem that I experienced trying to retrieve Lady Umran's soul is not an isolated incident. And right. it seems that uh, perhaps... Um, it would be wise to figure out what's going on. All right. Okay, well, um, you know, I I always hear the flame, but if I want to speak to it, I need to go down to it. Um, if you want me to figure out what's going on with our ability to bring people back, I'll probably go down there alone and then when it's time for you all to light your torches then we can do that but i i would be concerned very few people can handle being in the presence of the flame i don't know why i can i'm very small and i have no money so things have been very hard for me right now <laughs> um and so she walks around um the the chair that she was sitting in and you now realize that there is a set of stairs behind her chair that go down um the dragon hound walks to the top of the stairs and sits and just stares at you all mm -hmm. um <coughs> cool uh after a moment you all see brilliant silver light erupt up not actual flames just ambient light erupt from the stairs kind of washing over the entire room for a moment um and you all feel everything just everything in that moment um and then everything subsides and It it takes a moment. Eventually, Jayala walks back up the stairs with a furrowed brow. Um, and she's she seems befuddled and confused. Um, for a moment, <clears throat> the the voice spoke spoke of a descendant a child of the voice that is interfering not 
I asked if it was the keeper. And she, she said no. It's Melissa Myron. Who's that? Um, <coughs> rejected as keeper. Uh, a long time ago. Um, was petrified and put in the dreadhold. I'm now in Dolor. She's an entity uh, called the Raven. She's been collecting souls, protecting them from the keeper. And she claims ushering them onto their ultimate destiny. Hmm. Why is she? Why hasn't she been doing this the whole time? She's stronger now. She is. She is bound to me through this. He <clears throat> runs his hand over the floor in front of him and lets Erebus lie there. Is on his knees in front of the sword. She's bound to be through this, and as I have increased in power, so has she. <clears throat> I can think of no reason why she would interfere in the resurrection of any of the other individuals, and the only reason I can think of that she would interfere in the resurrection of Lady Paolo is spite. I didn't think her spiteful. At this point, you notice that <clears throat> the dragon hound had gotten up and walked over to you once Erebus appeared on the floor. And He's very, very consciously not touching the sword. Um, Scaravosian, is that what I said before? Mm-hmm. Scaravosian sniffs Erebus and kind of walks around and then reaches down with his mouth and grabs Erebus by the hilt and turns and trots back to Jayala and drops it on the floor in front of her. Merrick does not move. And she regards Erebus on the ground in front of her and kind of kneels in front of it and touches one of the runes. Hello. You sound different. Okay. And she lifts her finger off of it. And then Erebus disappears. I have questions. <laughs> As you might imagine. 
my lady. It seems that whatever whatever gives you your power and by extension this Melissa Myron that you speak of um, seems to be connected somehow to me. To you or to the flame? I've been told there's not much distinction. I don't have the answer for you. I'm very small. Every time she says that, I picture Winnie the Pooh. My lady, I don't know what to do. This being... is not mortal anymore, I think. And she has power that I don't understand. And yet you say that her power and your power are drawn from the same source. It sounds like that's what she claimed in the first place. It is. <clears throat> then why would she do this? I don't know. So. So she's gone then. She can't be. She can't be brought back. If we've already tried what we can do, then unless unless something changes with whatever is barring her return, I'm sorry. I know you want a different for me. I understand. I want to help. I want to help everyone. If you're... Never mind. I'm sorry, what? No, it's stupid. Something you would have already thought of. I find that highly unlikely. I was just going to say that... (laughs) You said yourself that you're... Connected... So surely there must be 
like I'm connected to her. You're connected to your her. There must be some way to communicate. I have tried. I have tried. There was. I have tried. For nothing but the sake of it, I reach out again and try again. Um, as you reach out with your mind in the familiar way, um, you feel Erebus pull towards the stairs behind the chair. I look at Jala. I kind of sigh and I stand up. And I start to move towards the stairs. We can go down there now. You want to? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yes, Your Excellency, I'd like to, to do that. I would recommend those of you that don't need to be down there to be torchbearers. Not. I'm. I'm sorry, King, but I'm. You're. You're pretty old, and I worry about you. And Borno was already like five steps towards the stairs, like. All right. I like her so much. Stay here with the dog. Um, but make sure you put your hand down for him to sniff it <laughs> first. Um, so you all descend the stairs uh-huh. um, and you begin to see kind of that ambient silver light that you saw flare up, grow stronger and stronger. Um, Jayala leading the whole way. Um, and finally she reaches a landing and stops and turns around as you all reach her. And you see you are now in this immense cavern underground. And there is a stone walkway that leads closer to an immense swirling column of light. Silvery light in front of you. Um, Beric, you've seen it before in the sky back when you were in Dolor. Um, and once again, you don't feel heat from it. You just feel radiance. Um, the, the property of your cloak decks mm-hmm. just intense. Like you I feel awesome or awesome. Awesome in every sense of the word. Um, <laughs> Um, awesome and awestruck. Um, and, um, once you reach the landing, 
um, Erebus slowly forms in your hand, Barrick. Mm. Um, <coughs> and you feel Erebus vibrate. And it's it's almost like he's you hear but I what you tempted with fate Beric actually it wasn't my doing this time <clears throat> That wasn't her fault. I never claimed it was, but it was her time. What right do you claim to decide that? I claim no rights. I witness. And I hold true. So you're angry with me. Beric, I have no use for anger. Are you stronger? Yes. I now see the threads of time of the world. I see the tapestry. And for this you interfere with with resurrections? I interfere with nothing. They interfere. They ignore, they neglect, they tear the tapestry apart because they are selfish. doesn't mean anything. How is it selfish? Is it selfish to undo a wrongful death? How is death wrongful? How is death right? Death is death. It comes not in its time. It's forced by cowardly villains. Stupidity. <laughs> Beric, I... I once believed that certain death should be undone. 
as you know firsthand. <clears throat> and I wonder now, had you not been brought back the first time, how different would the world be? How many wrongful deaths would not have occurred? You laid that on me. You put that on me. You put that in me. I know. Though now I know not why. You wanted the power? No. I do not want power. It was thrusted upon me. I seem to recall you did quite a lot of the thrusting. That's it then. You decided to be something else. I've grown into something else. Do we decide our fate? Did you decide to be what you are today? Decide what I do with it. But it happened to you. It formed you, changed you. You may think that you decided how to be how, who you are. But fate makes no mistakes. You are not who you were yesterday. Tomorrow you will not be who you are today. Not because you choose, but because it must be so. Same for me. The world needs death. When it didn't need hers, it serves nothing. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Beric, that. I failed you, and that you decided to leave, but we are on our paths, and I foresee that this will not be the last time. I'm not interested in being your weapon. You are not what I made a deal with. I never considered you a weapon, Beric. You're a soldier. You no. always have been a soldier. 
You tried to run from that fate, and it pulled you back. Well, I'm not interested in being in your army. And you're not the one we came to see. Very well, Beric. Good luck. End of episode. Some people like fun podcasts. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us over on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, The Geek Pantheon. Um, if you, for some reason, like what we do, you can have it to patreon.com slash The Geek Pantheon and consider joining our amazing Patreon community. Ow. <laughs> I threatened to hit him a lot. You really went and did the thing. Um Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Kevin McLeod, for the use of all of his music. You can find it over in Competech.com. Um, I would do the sign-offs, but I think Philip's going to say something really mean when he's actually supposed to say his name. So we're going to skip it this time. Bye. And I'm Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>